light that shines in the darkness. A teacher of the law named Nicodemus comes to Jesus under the shadow of darkness. Nick at night. Just a couple of chapters after John introduces us to Jesus and us as children of light. Before we read John 3, let's pin out for just a second and talk about these two conversations here at the beginning of John. Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman. Both are conversations where Jesus calls them to be more than they are at the moment, which is exactly what Jesus is still doing with us today. Calling us to be more than we are right now. And Jesus does that with Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman. Nick presents all of his questions, and he cannot seem to get it. And it's kind of funny whenever you really look at the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus doesn't really say that much. And what he does say seems to be sort of covered with this film of, yes, but. The Samaritan woman is completely open to new possibilities about what God can do. And then not only accepts it for her own life, but then runs and tells everybody. She cannot keep it to herself. So I'm wondering, for those of us who are more like Nick at night, how can we blow the dust off of our faith and be born anew? You know what I mean by that, right? So I'll tell you practically, some things that go on in the preacher's office include when we get ready to build a new series like this, like this one in the Gospel of John, I go over to my bookshelf, and as you would well imagine, I have them arranged in proper order. So the commentaries, books, anything that has to do with the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, Revelation, or anything that has to do with John's teaching on Christianity, I kind of have arranged on the shelf. Well, I don't pull those books off the shelf every day. You know, sometimes a particular set of books is going to sit on the shelf for years until we get to a new series like this and we pull them off the shelf to get things ready. So here's what it looked like a few weeks ago when I pulled some of my books, um, particularly some of the ones uh, of John that I don't pull off the shelf very often. Here's what it looks like. I go over to the shelf. I pull it off the shelf, and before I even start bringing it down, you know what I do? I go like this. <laughs> Literally blowing the dust off the top of the book. And for some reason, it really stuck with me back in really September, October, when we first started getting this series ready on the Gospel of John to get ready for December, and really what we're starting today from January, today's first, you know, Epiphany, first Sunday of the year, all the way up to Easter, getting this series ready out of the Gospel of John. When I pulled one of my favorite books on the Gospel of John off the shelf, blew the dust off of the book, and went and sat it on my desk, Nicodemus came to mind. And I think one of the reasons that Nicodemus came to mind 
as the dust went a-flying, is this business that Jesus puts before Nicodemus about being born again. He's not starting from scratch. But what he does have to do is you know, blow the dust off of his faith and start wondering, what is it that God is really calling me to do at this moment? This is complex work. Especially as we open the Gospel of John again this morning. Now that introduction, first miracle, all that sort of stuff has happened. Jesus cleansed the temple, which talk about upending creation and starting over. But it leaves us with some tough work. How do we make the Gospel relevant and engaging to people who have heard it all before, and then to someone who's never heard anything about Jesus. That's that's a big order. Because it would be easy to stand before you if I knew that every single one of you, all of us in this room, have heard all of this before. You know, and I look around the room, and I know a lot of you have heard all of this before. But if we're going to continue the mission that we are called to, and that is to bring people in who've never heard it, or maybe those who haven't heard it in a long time, this encounter with Nicodemus presents us with some challenges. Because maybe one of the things that this encounter with Nicodemus is going to do is that it's going to call us to be born again, even if you've heard it all before. How do we hear this with fresh ears? It's not that Nicodemus is just a mere skeptic. I can't help but give Nicodemus the benefit of the doubt a little bit and think that maybe he wants to get beyond his own expectations. But he just doesn't know how. So for the Nicodemuses who are here right now listening to this, do you ever feel that way? That... You want to be able to hear this stuff with fresh ears. You want to be born anew, but you've heard it so much and God is so familiar that you just don't know how. I think it's where Nicodemus is. And what really strikes me is that he and the Samaritan woman are both calling us during these opening moments of John to what some Asian philosophers have called beginner's mind. You familiar with this one? beginner's mind, Uh, you know, our Christian version of this probably is born again, something along those lines. But beginner's mind is being able to go to something that you've heard everything there is to hear about it. Maybe you're even an absolute expert on it. Can you be open to new possibilities? One of my favorite quotes along this beginner's mind deal goes like this, in the beginner's mind there are many possibilities, but in the expert's mind there are few. Do you ever feel that way in your walk with God? Maybe all this about Jesus has become so familiar 
that we've so locked God into place that we're not open to new possibilities. But here's what Jesus is about to put before Nicodemus. All of us Nicodemuses. Can you be born again? Can you be born anew? So let's go with Nicodemus to see Jesus. And let's see who God can make us, even today, in this new creation. I'm going to read this twice. Once all in one sitting, and once in sections. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, Jesus said. And do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in Him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. So what's it going to be? Have you just encountered Jesus in such a way that you cannot wait to go tell everybody you're not going to believe what I just heard. Or, I just met someone and I cannot wait for you to meet him. 
or yes, but. Let's go back and hear it again. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. John starts this passage with all kinds of little coaching cues for us as the reader. Nicodemus is a member of the Pharisees, member of the Jewish ruling council. He is upper echelon of his teaching community. You know who Nicodemus is according to what John has just told us? He's the guy that when the teachers get stumped, they go to somebody like Nicodemus. They're like, okay... We tried teaching this stuff, and everybody looked at us just like, what in the world are you talking about? What do we do with this? And Nicodemus is the one who says, okay, everybody just calm down. It's going to be okay. Let's think this through. This is the kind of leader and teacher that Nicodemus is. He's the one who has thought through everything there is to think through. He's the one who's taught everything there is to teach. And so he comes to Jesus. Now, There's maybe one or two ways that you can approach Nicodemus coming to Jesus. Maybe he is authentic. Maybe he really does want to know these things. Maybe he's a spy. Who knows? Who cares? Because ultimately, there is something that we walk away from this encounter with that has nothing to do with Nicodemus, nothing to do with his motives. Because everybody talks about that, right? Oh, I wonder why he came to him at night. It's because... Oh, I know why he came to him at night. He was hiding from everybody. You know, it was kind of this stealth. He had on a black cloak. We don't know that. Maybe he had to work all day, and and he didn't get off until after sundown, and so he just happened to be at night that he came to him. We don't know. What we do know is that he comes to Jesus, and he presents questions. And every time Jesus comes to some sort of conclusion that may not make sense, But every time Jesus says something, what does Nick have? More questions. And I get it. I'm sitting with Jesus in the living room, and I ask a question, and then he says something like, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. I would say, I didn't ask that. That wasn't the question I asked. As a matter of fact, if you look at Nicodemus' presenting problem and Jesus' answer, they really don't seem to have anything to do with one another. And so it's no wonder that when Nicodemus answers Jesus again, it's just with more questions. I don't know. Maybe this is John's way of saying, when you really start listening to Jesus, it's going to leave you with some questions. And it may leave you with more questions. Every time Jesus speaks, Jesus speaks the truth. And I don't know, maybe the darkness does have relevance to the story. 
Maybe it's that Nicodemus is walking around in darkness and he doesn't even know it. He doesn't realize that as a member of the teaching community, he has so locked God into place that he is spending his entire life defending what he already knows and is not open to the possibility that God is sitting right there in front of him. He doesn't even know it. And so Jesus says what he says, and Nicodemus replies, How can a man be born when he is old? Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind below, or the Spirit, same word, Spirit blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Is Jesus trying to tell this ruling religious leader that old Nicodemus may not be in as much control as he thinks he is? You ever feel that way? Gone to church all your life? Heard it all before? Once you gather a certain amount of knowledge, you think, all right, I got it down. I've got it under control. What happens if you're Nicodemus, member of the Jewish ruling council? You've seen it all before, you've heard it all before, and you've taught it all before. And Jesus sits before you and says, would you be willing to start over? Start everything over and just hear all of this with fresh ears and see it with fresh eyes. You know what I would say to Jesus? Same thing Nicodemus said. How can this be? How can it be? How could it possibly be that given all that I have seen, all that I have heard, and all that I have taught, how can I get back to the point where I can hear all of this for the first time? It's a good question. It's the right question, as a matter of fact. It's the one I would ask. It's the one you'd probably ask, too. And this is why it is so critical that even though many of us in this room have probably heard, for God so loved the world that He gave, you know, you've heard that one before, right? What if we don't shut God down this is an invitation to new creation. Verse 9, Nicodemus asked, how can this be? And Jesus said, you know, you're Israel's teacher and you don't already know these things. And then Jesus continues, I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen but still 
you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? You know, it's Jesus' way of not only telling Nicodemus, but he's probably telling everybody at that point, you are probably not ready for this. What I'm about to share, you're not ready for it yet. We lose this in English, but in verse 11, he's talking to Nicodemus, you, singular. But then in verse 12, the you switches to plural. So he's talking to Nicodemus at first, and then, it's kind of John's mastery of writing, then it's y'all. Goes from you, individual, to all y'all. And then Jesus pulls a fast one on him. No one has ever gone into heaven except the Son of Man who came from heaven. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in Him may have eternal life. So here's your chance. Here's your chance to hear this again for the first time. Because unless you're a really big fan of the book of Numbers... Or you went to VBS with a really creative flannel board artist, you may not understand what in the world Jesus is talking about here about snakes, Moses lifted up in the desert. You know this story? I mean, I've read this stuff a hundred times, and I still hear this story of what in the world is going on? You want to hear it? They traveled from Mount Har along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom, it's Numbers 21, by the way. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There's no bread, there's no water, and we detest this miserable food. I feel sorry for Moses. Because he's trying to get them home to the promised land, just like God told them. And what are they doing? They're griping about the bread, and they're griping about the, the water. Now, if you're not like Nicodemus, and you're kind of ready to think beyond just what's presented here, beyond born again as literally womb and all that business, what this means, watch this. This is really neat. Here's what happens. Jesus is referring back to this story in Numbers 21 where the people are griping about bread and water. You know what Jesus is called in the Gospel of John? The bread of life. You know what Jesus is called in the Gospel of John? All kinds of stuff. But then you know what he offers? Living water. That's not coincidence. This is the brilliance of the story. All these people are doing is griping about bread and water, and they are missing the whole point of the bread and the water and having to endure some you know, detestable food out in the desert. I, mean, I get it. Nobody wants to walk around in the desert and eat the same thing every day. It's like the worst camping trip in the world. 
you know, 40 years of bad camping, eating the same MRE every single day. Nobody wants to do that. But guess where they're going? Promised land. One of these days, they're no, no longer going to be in the wilderness. They're going to be in the promised land. But here's what happens. God, I guess just the way things worked back in the time of Numbers, I don't know, maybe got tired of listening to the people complaining, and so here come the snakes. You know, get a load of this. Verse 6, Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. So I probably don't have to tell you what happens in the next scene in the story. People are like, okay, maybe the MREs aren't so bad. It's pretty much what they say. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake. Put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone who was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake lived. There's not a, a wilder story in the wilderness wanderings than that one. And there are some wild stories that happen in the wilderness wanderings. So why does Jesus bring this up? Consider his audience. This guy is expert of experts. And so Jesus goes back to one of his expert stories and says, this is really quite simple. Just like this story that you're so familiar with and you've taught, I don't know, maybe you even taught it in class last week. Here is as simple as I can possibly explain to you what it means to be born again. The Son of Man is going to be lifted up. And then everyone who looks upon the Son of Man is going to live. Simple as that. And then Jesus gets quotable. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What did he just talk about? He talked about people who did not open themselves up to the possibilities of God, and they wound up dead. But God stepped in, gave Moses the wherewithal to look upon the people and say, all you have to do is turn your eyes to God. And I'm even going to give you something physical to look at because we're humans and we like looking at physical things. I'm going to give you something to look at and you're going to live. And I'll tell you, the John 3.16 passage, it's good, I like it, it's promising. But by stopping at 16 and not reading 17, we've missed out on 
really was some of the best news that Jesus ever spoke. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. 3, 16, and 17 is the big point. After all, God's love is most apparent. We're going to see it most clearly when we are doing what we're doing right now, which is simply turning our eyes to Jesus. It's just another example of what we've been saying all along. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, does not overcome it, will never overcome it, world without end. Amen.